is happening, everybody. This is Zulu Time, episode number seven, the key to a health turnaround. Today, we're going to be talking about health turnarounds and, and, and what uh, goes into it. Um, and really, you know, what I wanted to accomplish was to really understand how people make um, health turnarounds, you know, whether it's a chronic disease or whether it's obesity or whether it's a disease like cancer, like what really um, happens there that makes them like have a turnaround, right? So that was my desire. And then, you know, from the outside, there are things that call your attention. For instance, like, uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard of spontaneous remission, when, um, unexplainedly, like, you know, they check at somebody's uh, chest uh, CT scans and their tumors go away or um, they check their ultrasound and their urine to tumor goes away and like so how do you explain that you know and it's so hard to explain um and then internally kind of it it challenges you to 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 question your own knowledge it challenges to question your knowledge about like um in your own boundaries right like your own boundaries with like how how much are you okay with like esotericism or how much are you okay with science or how restricted you are to science or to thinking outside the box or and so all of, and so that kind of that's kind of internally what 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 happened so i went on on, on, on on a journey trying to understand like you know how does this happen and i think one of the uh, one of the keys to to to, to that that i saw for instance initially i talk about um this this example, I was in a uh, health with uh, it's called Day with Destiny. It's, uh, it's an event uh, that is put in by Tony Robbins, and this event is actually uh, goes uh, you know it's about business, family, relationships, all of it. And there's about two thousand people there, and one of the days he actually um, talked about uh, suicide, right? And so he asked some people in the audience. He says, "Hey, who is suicidal right here? Hey, Susan, what's going on?" Uh, and so, uh, you know, who's suicidal here? And about 10%, he said, you know, 10% of the room uh, rose their hand. And I was surprised because, you know, these are business people. And from the outside, you know, you think that they're super successful and fulfilled. And uh, lo and behold, 10% of the room was suicidal. And so then, you know, he, he went into uh, the first one that he worked with was a fella that he actually, um, what was really uh, troubling him was that he was having recurrent patterns of thought about himself and that, that he was really feeling horrible about like weird thoughts that he would have. I think he was having thoughts about hurting his girlfriend or something like that, which he never did. Uh, but he was just feeling so guilty about that and that guilt um, ended up like just overwhelming him and he ended up just staying in the house all day for like five years and, and so of course that ends up being in depression and then next thing you know it's suicidal he had like a business but um, but of course he was dealing with this and you know when when uh, when the team started working with him Tony Robbins specifically he, he, he said you know I'll work with you today but you have to promise me that you're going to use this information to help other people so I thought that was interesting, you know, kind of like setting the stage for like a future purpose. And so I thought that was interesting. And um, and and so then, you know, he worked on this guy, talking to him and doing neuro-linguistic programming and trying to help his thought patterns. And one thing that I learned from that, it was that his rules, his rules of living was were worked through. So like rules meaning like, okay, so 
what is a, a good day to me? What does that mean, having a good day? Like, do you have to make a million dollars or do you have to see one smile? Like, what is a good day to you? Or just breathing is a good day, right? And so we all have these rules that we don't realize that we do. And I think that was pretty interesting. And then the second thing that was really interesting was that our physiology actually um, is a translation sometimes of how we're feeling. So they say like you have a neck pain like for years and you know you twist your head like that, you end up walking like this for years. And so that also happens with um, with different thought patterns. If you feel down about yourself, you know, instead of standing up like this, you're gonna go down around like that. And so if you multiply that by ten years, then your physiology is actually sending signals to 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 your brain chemistry as as to how you're feeling. And so that was really interesting uh, because they, this guy had different like limit, self-limiting postures, uh, and so that was interesting for me to, to 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 think about that. And then the second thing that was really impactful during that day of suicide was a gentleman who was actually in his sixties, I think, super successful in business, multimillionaire, uh, built a large business, uh, but tragically, uh, his wife actually committed suicide and hung herself actually a couple of weeks before the event. And his daughter, as you can imagine, like had no clue what to do with her father. Um, and, and so she took him to this event just trying to look for answers, you know, because, I mean, he was going crazy, depressed, like he didn't know what to do with himself. They'd been married for like 50 years. He was having guilt. I mean, you can only imagine, right? And so then he went up to stage and then he started like going, saying, like talking through with him for about three hours. And then at the end of the three hours, it was impactful. I mean, he did have music and, you know, he came down from stage and about 3,000 people in that room just kind of like went around him and kind of gave him like a big hug and him and his daughter. And that was such a powerful moment. It was awesome to see his change in his physiology, the change uh, on, uh, on a pattern shift that he had. And I'll go into that a little bit. And so just the change that he had in the thinking pattern and what he saw his future. And uh, and later the next day I saw him walking the hallways and I came to talk to him and, and he said, you know, the love that you guys gave me, like that helped me heal. Oh, I mean, 3,000 people, man. That was so cool. And he's like, thank you. And I said, you know, thank you. And he put his hands on my heart and he said, hey, man, if you got any dream, go for it. You know, just go for it. That's what he told me. So it was impressive to see that, you know, a couple of days before he came in there suicidal. And then after that, he really had a great outlook in life. And so that made me realize that I definitely needed to do something, that I definitely needed to do something in medicine and and, 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 and uh, bring this type of experience to patients because, you know, what do I do? I usually, if a patient came suicidal, I would send a referral. They go take into the ER with the cops. They stayed overnight in a horrible, sterile, like, four rooms. And, and, and I, you know, did, and then walk out of there with, like, Seroquel, which is a medication for depression, and another pill. And, and, and maybe a referral to a social worker, which is great. You know, it's sometimes, you know, what, all we can do, but... It just made me realize that things could be so much better and that change, you know, people can actually overcome these illnesses a lot quicker than what we think um, through, through, through different processes. And so I think um, the world that I hid it was that, you know, as I practiced medicine in, in, in the hospital, I then realized that it wasn't as easy, right, because there was like 
things that I would fear, maybe, oh, my colleagues are going to think that I'm crazy or that I'm not a good doctor or this or that. But then, you know, I started really just focusing on the patient and listening to the patient and then using tools that I've learned over the years from many, many, many fields, neurolinguistic programming, from psychology, from cognitive behavioral therapy, from all these things that are a little quicker. And I just started using them. And, and it was so awesome to see the result. Um, I mean, young men that would come in and I would get consulted. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later, I would see him out in the community working and feeling so much better. And, 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 and so that was really helpful for me. And so then that, that, that made me realize that change can happen quicker than what we think. But there are certain things that, um, there are certain things that go into effect right and so and so what are these things right and so i started looking into um, a lot of the data on spontaneous remissions or a lot of the data on cognitive behavioral therapy uh and success and suicide and also the data on placebo for instance uh and and to exemplify these takes for instance the placebo study uh, that was done at the nih uh, where they took actually 100 patients that were depressed it was more but i just want to exemplify if you take like a group of patients that are depressed and you gave them a pill uh, and you told him it was the regular, uh, and you actually gave him the, the antidepressant, right? And then you took another group of patients about the same uh, group of patients, about the same amount of number and numbers, and you gave him a placebo pill, um, a sugar pill. The results are pretty crazy, right? When you actually gave him a placebo pill and you told him that it was a placebo pill and that it wasn't going to work, it didn't have a lot of effects. It still had some effects, but not a lot of effects. Interestingly enough, it had some effects, but not a lot. And then when you told him that this was actually going to work, it had the same effects roughly without any statistical significance as the antidepressants, which is mind-blowing, right? And so it just makes you think how much the power of suggestion and, and, and encouragement has in community to patients. And then they took it up a step farther. They didn't only do that. They actually do functional MRIs and they actually targeted the new receptors in the brain to see whether there was any activation of them. And sure enough, when the patients got the placebo with the suggestion, the new receptors actually were activated. So it's almost like the, the, the new receptors is the one that do the opioid response. So it's like a, a sense of euphoria and, and, and feeling relaxed and, and, uh, euphoria probably mainly and decreased pain actually and so and so that was really interesting because um then then you started realizing that well like community suggestion that actually has an impact in the chemistry of the brain and so that that's really um you know groundbreaking in a way because then we start looking at the placebo effect not as a hoax or not as something that we just use for control in a trial uh but also actually as something that we actually should uh, exploit and should use for someone's overcoming of their illness. So definitely something that we're starting to look more into and that a lot of scientists around the world are starting to definitely look, uh, look more into. Uh, and so, you know, as I discovered, there was another scientist that looked into, for instance, spontaneous emissions, right? And many people said that there was nothing that they could predict. And actually, when these scientists went into study, these people who had a spontaneous remission, most of them 
He said most of like 99% of them had a change in the way that they perceived the world and how much of the world they could control or not control. So in a way, there was like a major shift to the religious or spiritual or reducing um, their own purpose in their lives or, or meaning. Uh, there was a, a, a very radical shift in their own identity. And so that was really interesting because um, that brings me to the point that I want to talk about today uh, because that I'm talking about right now because then the plan is to really deploy this, right, and to be able to deploy this in patients uh, so that they can actually start, we can start seeing the factors, the collective factors in all of these um, uh, characteristics of the placebo effect, characteristics in action. Uh, over a certain amount of uh, time because of an incident, right? And so um, then the conflict is really to to educate uh, a lot of providers, both inpatient, outpatient, uh, even in the holistic arena, uh, naturopathic and chiropractic. I mean, we all have limitations in, in our own ways. Uh, and so just um, educating everybody that, you know, most of the most of these people have really have a change in, in their identity, right? Maybe their identity to pain, their identity to their own chronic illnesses, their identity to their if it's diabetes or obesity alone or, or cholesterol alone. Like, what is their relationship to that disease? And, and and it seems like that has that really radically changes. You know, if um, a, a good way to explain it, you know, is people who lose like 100, 200 pounds. Uh, and, and, and they say, well, you know, I just, um, I just changed. Like I just had to change and, and, and I went into the doctor for, I'll, I'll give you a better example. Um, one of the guys who was talking to me about this said, you know, my little daughter walked into the room and he said, are you going to be around? And he said, that just hit him. Right. And so there are certain things that just like click with us. And so it's really our job to start defining what is, what is it that, makes people click what is it that makes people shift what is it that makes people make this paradigm shift in their own health their own identity that once their identity changes then they don't do a certain behavior and that's my final thing right that is so important that there is a pattern interrupt that you know uh, from this day on this is not me right if many of you who are, are listening or if anybody who, who who doesn't do drugs and if i would ask him you know do you do crack and they would say no i don't that's not even who I am, right? And so there is an identity, this association with that behavior. And so definitely we need to understand that this is a, a very important factor uh, for patients to be able to disassociate in their identity with these behaviors that lead into the chronic condition. And once that happens, uh, it seems like there is a disassociation of identity. Many times there is a peak experience that happens, either something tragic or something very uh, involved with a lot of people in a lot of intensity. And then there is a pattern interrupt after that. There is a radical pattern interrupt. If you look at the domino effect, for instance, if you YouTube in a video, um, you see that by physics you can actually increase the domino by 50% in weight and, uh, and, and the size of it, the surface area. And so, like, you, you have a little bitty domino that you actually need, like, a little pin to push. And then, you know, 10 feet down the line, you actually have a huge domino that is, like, huge, tall, and super heavy. Uh, and so that is the, the power of a pattern. It leads to bigger and bigger and bigger things. So when there is a pattern interrupt, you take one of those dominoes out, the chain is actually not only stopped, 
but a new domino effect takes effect. So um, many of these people, you know, they start, there's a pattern interrupt, they change, let's say, their diet or their exercise, and then they start getting better chemistry into their brains. Um, for instance, a great example of this is exercise. You know, one of the biggest release of dopamine in the body is through exercise. So if someone hasn't done that for years and then they do it, they're going to get a rush of exercise. Just like I said, they were going to get a, a medication that increases that, that neuroreceptor in, uh, in, in, in our brain. So um, definitely really important to see that there is a pattern interrupt that gets uh, immediately stopped and another one started. And so I think those are the three things that are really important for us to look at healing uh, so that people can really overcome and form a new identity that is less, that has less pain and less suffering. Um, that was episode number seven at Zulu Time. If you have any questions, comments, hey, Susan, aloha, sister. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, uh, or any suggestions for any of the other future episodes, please let us know. Um, uh, in the comments below, if you say something that's wrong or that you guys want to uh, say that is wrong in some way or form, put it in there because we'll definitely learn from it and somebody will learn from it. Again, take it easy. Live on, guys. Episode number eight coming soon. Zulu time. Take care.